Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. MyCastingFile, the place for talent to get their start. All right, welcome to Talking Like Normal People, a show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, and auditions, and probably some other things, too, with people who love it. I'm your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director based in New Orleans, Louisiana. As always, thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers. Please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes or Google Play, SoundCloud, Podbean, or Stitcher. We're on all of those. Um, Awesome. We got a good one today. Uh, Real quick, let's get to our postcard of the week. It's from Actress, because it says it on it, Mm -hmm. Lo Graham. I'm back. I'm back in Louisiana after two years of training and auditions in Los Angeles. Look for me in Popeye's new commercial. Bam. Awesome. And she's with Cindy Hill Talent Agency and April Mills Entertainment. And she's got some nice pictures on there and pictures from the uh, commercial shoot, it looks like, for Popeye's. Welcome back to Louisiana. Yeah. Bring us some chicken. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's jump to it. Our guest this week is one busy person, all right? She is a true gift to our industry and our market, for sure. While her film and television credits date back to roughly 2004, her entry in show business goes further back with roots in theater and music. With a diverse list of credits, ranging from characters such as Jan on the critically acclaimed series True Detective, to Susanna Macon in Underground, which... This is one of my faves. Or in theater as Olga in Tracy Letts' premiere adaptation of Three Sisters. She's one of the most gifted actors I know. And oh I'm goodness. so excited to finally talk like a normal person with Andrea Frankel. Aww. Yay. Yay. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so I wrote much for that. having me. I wrote that. You can use it. I stole some of it from your IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Welcome. I'm great. Thank you to so much. To the yellow much. sofa. I love it. Yeah. The yellow couch that Robert had recovered. Yellow. I think it was like some dingy, like mid-century modern thing that was falling apart. Oh my gosh. Apart. His style is blowing me away. <laughs> awesome. All right. So you're in town working because you live in Savannah? I live, yeah, I say Savannah, but it's actually, technically, I live in Richmond Hill. Richmond Hill. Which is um, just outside of Savannah. It's uh, like in the next county over. It's like 15 minutes away. That's <laughs> awesome. It's a little smaller and town. you just bought a house, right? We I, did, yeah. First one. First time mortgage. Congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. It is. That's huge. It is. All right, so let's... Let's jump back. Start from the beginning. Oh, my goodness. Who are you? Where you come from? Um, how did you get to where you are today? Oh, wow. I know. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Enough time. The, but, um, the abridged uh, version. Okay. Let's see. Or it doesn't um, have to be abridged. So uh, I was born in Sacramento, California. I know it. Oh, yeah. You know this from my IMDb. No, I know Sacramento. Oh, oh you know Sacramento. Okay, great. Um so I was born on an Air Force base there that's not there anymore. It's called Mather Air Force Base. Okay. Um, we lived there for a couple of years. My dad was in the Air Force. He was in the Marines in Vietnam um, from like 62 to 67. And then he had, he flew helicopters. Um, and then he had an opportunity to fly. Uh, the Air Force was looking for pilots. And he was really interested in trying to train to fly other types of aircrafts. And so he took the opportunity and he 
switched branches, wow. uh, which doesn't happen that often. No, I've never really heard of that. Mm-hmm. What, what did he fly? What kind of... Oh, gosh. I mean, um, like, was he a B-52 pilot? I should know pilot? all of these. He flew a lot of things that start with C. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I mean, helicopters. He's going to kill me um, <laughs> since I helped him with that PowerPoint presentation. Sorry, Dad. Um, but uh, no, he, he, he was a very gifted pilot. And he ended up teaching at the Air War College um, at Maxwell Air Force Base, which is where we uh, ended up in Montgomery, where I grew up. Oh, so from, cool. From May 3rd in Sacramento, we went to New Jersey to an Air Force Base called McGuire okay. Air Force Base Heard in New of that. Jersey. And I actually have memories of that. I was, you know, uh, three, four years old. And I remember the snow. I remember the lake across the house that we used to go ice skating on and school bus coming to pick me up and stuff. Um, my mom and dad really loved it there. It was, you know, moving every three years, basically. So I have an older brother and sister. Um, so obviously they remember more of those moves than I do. Um, but ultimately, yeah, we, um, we went to Montgomery and he was teaching there and, um, so Montgomery is kind of where you grew up. It is where I grew up. Yeah. He, um, he was set to kind of continue on. Um, but what changed the course of our lives is that he suffered from a brain aneurysm. Oh man. And um, had to have brain surgery uh, twice, actually. Um, They thought it was a tumor because in those days, this was 1982, um, they thought it was a tumor um, from the CAT scan. But when they went in, they saw it was a a blood clot. Wow. Um, So it's a whole other story. But um, it did change the course of our lives in many more ways than one. And so, um, yeah, he retired from the Air Force. They liked Montgomery and we were settled in school. And then you got to become a Southern girl. I did, yes, because my dad's from upstate New York. He grew up in a play little town called West Shokan, so he's not Southern. My mom grew up, well, she was born in um, Altoona, Pennsylvania, and then she grew up in Florida, which is not like Southern Southern, you know. Right. You know, no offense, Florida. People from everywhere in Florida. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, so, yeah, we became Southern, so I became a Southerner. And then, so, how did you develop into this love of acting and becoming such a phenomenal actress? Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know if I can answer that, Um, but (laughs) I shall try. Um, So, my mom um, was a music major in college. She always was singing. She has a beautiful voice, a soprano voice. So, music has been in, uh, was in our house, was in our lives always. When we were in California, she was a member of these like chorales, you know, and so these ladies would come over and sing and they would tour and there was Christmas caroling and um, always church choirs and stuff like that. So, and then she also did a lot of musicals growing up. And so um, in Montgomery, uh, there wasn't quite a theater scene uh, professionally. There was like the Alabama Shakespeare Festival was like, and still is like this theater gods just like dropped this gorgeous, you know, uh, theater festival in Montgomery. Um, but there's a lot of great uh, theater. There's the- professional theater there now, but at the time um, there was a lot of community theater. And so, um, yeah, so I started doing community theater with her. So musicals. do you remember your first uh, play? Oh, yeah. It was um, Oliver, the musical. I was nine, eight or nine. Um, She was Mrs. Sourberry, and I was one of the orphan boys. I cut my hair for the role. You did? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, they lined us up backstage during dress rehearsal, and they were like, okay, who are the girls that are going to cut their hair? Because there was 14 of us, and (laughs) and there were two boys, and the rest of them were girls. And we were all like, 
hey, me, me. Some of the moms were like, no, she's not going to do it. We're just going to put it back in a ponytail. And I was like, I want to do it. You were committed from a young yeah. age, like right off the bat. I totally How How short did it. you cut it? Oh, like a boy. Like, you know, like the whole like 80s, like, you know. You had a weight line? Like. Oh, yeah. It was like the center cut, like over the years, like the whole thing. That is awesome that is awesome i'll get you a picture i want to see that that we that needs to be your picture for the uh for this episode that was a dedicated uh program there i did oliver and nobody had to cut their hair so. i never did oliver <laughs> it was it was a i mean it was a very memorable uh production i remember it so clearly um that's awesome there's a lot of stories i remember and my mom actually cast the 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 young man who played Oliver, she he was one of her students because she was my music teacher. Uh, I went to Catholic school at the time, uh, St. Bede, and she was our the music teacher there. And one of her eighth grade students was a, a young kid named Chris Ensweiler. Never really acted. And she tagged him. He got cast in the lead, which was like a really big deal because this was a huge yeah. outdoor community theater production. He was phenomenal. And he went on to have, and still does, has a life in the theater. He went to NYU grad school, I believe. Really? Yeah. And he's out in Seattle. Hi, I Chris. Lo- I love that. Hi, Chris. He credits my mom. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, cool. like your mom could see, you know, she did. see something in him and Come do this, kid. You, I think you're going to like it. So did, did you spend a lot of your formative years at this community theater and, and do so other this shows? this particular one, unfortunately, was this was at Jasmine Hills, and it, it didn't last very long. It's not there anymore. But we did go on to, um, there was a dinner theater there that actually just closed, um, I believe, um, after all these years. But it was called Faulkner University Dinner Theater, and it was at a Church of Christ College. Okay. So it was dinner theater. Yep. Nice. I did. Uh, my first lead was um, Cecily in The Importance of Being Earnest at this dinner theater. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have a video of that. That's awesome. So you um, so, so you do this. This is all before college, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, you decide like this at a young age, this is what you want to do for the rest of your life? Or have, have there been other things that you that you had contemplated becoming? Uh, you know, I never really had, uh, I I didn't look, I didn't think about it. Honestly, I was just one of these kids that just sort of lived in the moment and I knew I loved it. And, you know, people told me I had this spark or this or that, or had this talent or whatever. And I just loved it. Um, but honestly in that time and kind of where I was, I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, well, she, you're talented, but what are you really going to do? Right. Mm. And, um, so that was kind of the mentality that I adopted was that I will, you know, this is fun, but I don't know what I really want to do. You weren't, you didn't know how you could, you know, do this as a living or make a living doing it. I didn't a, even entertain yeah. it. I didn't even, it wasn't even an option to right. me, but I didn't know what else to do. I just knew that I couldn't do that. Um, even my, I mean, I didn't have great grades um, in high school because, um, you know, as we know, as we know now, I mean, there's different kinds of learners, right? I mean, if somebody would have told a story in history class, you know, about like the people and I would have been mesmerized and I would have remembered every detail. Oh my God. It was just like people, you know, just textbooks and lectures and there was no stimulation for me to, 
to I didn't I'm like an emotional rememberer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So um so I, mean, I didn't process a lot of <laughs> You would love my friend I had this friend who was an actor, uh we went to college together who's a, a history teacher now and I think you would love him. I'm giving him a shout out, Clayton Chauvin. He's always posting on Facebook about his class and how he like creates these presentations for his kids. And it's like this all immersive, you know, learning process. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah he creates like slideshows and videos. And and I'm sure that his students will remember that for, yeah. for like ever because the visualization is what, at least for me, that's what I remember. Yeah. So unfortunately, many of the classes were set up that way. And, um, and you know, and except for like the artistic classes, I didn't do well. Um, and so my grade point average wasn't very high. And I can remember actually my guidance counselor, you know, sort of junior, senior year kind of being like, you know, your ACT score is not great. Your grades aren't great. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You're lucky. You'll <laughs> you be sound lucky. like me. <laughs> You'll be lucky if you get into, you know, this community college here, actually, is kind of what he told me. And he's like, you know, you and I can literally remember him saying, you, you know, you can't you know you can't do acting for a living like what are you you know have you thought seriously about a career kind did of that thing? kind of drive you were you like i'm gonna prove these people wrong or you believe them totally believe them you believe them <laughs> and and yeah hmm. and so what had happened was <laughs> i was friends with um uh one of my friends from the dinner theater who was a bit older than me and he was super fun and we're still friends really good friends to this day he was one of my besties his name is eric haston <laughs> And one of the big things at the time, I don't know if it's still there now, in Birmingham, which was the big city because I was in Montgomery, um, there was this huge um, festival theater every year called Birmingham Summerfest. And it was like three, usually like three big musicals. And it was like a big deal to be in those. And they would have these auditions every year. And so... Um, my friend Eric was like, I'm going to audition for Summerfest. You're coming with me. It was like road trip. It was like a big deal for me to like leave Montgomery with him. And, and we went, and I remember one of the, um, shows was a chorus line and I had taken, um, I had taken, you know, sort of a, everything I had taken gymnastics and I got to where I was like pretty good. And then I would quit. Like I'd get bored. Like I was, I got my back handspring and stuff. And, and, then like, I was, I did and they tried to get me to do my talk and I couldn't do it. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I did, um, figure skating. My sister and I were figure skaters. We went to competitions and stuff. Really? And then, yeah. They really wanted me to like work at it and like practice and stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, no I'm not. I'd done piano. I was like really good with my ear, but I didn't want to read the music. So I could still remember some songs, but I was like, no. So I had like a ballet, you know, tap jazz, the whole thing, but just enough. Yeah. So I had just enough of like all these things to go do this chorus line audition where it was literally like the movie where, you know, they were like five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, four. And I was like, oh shit, let's do, this is great. And I was like, I'm amazing. And um, God, like, I hope I get but it. the reason why I had so much fun is because I knew that I wasn't going to place because you had to be either 18 or in college. And I was 17 at the time. So I didn't have any expectations whatsoever. Well, little did I know that the next week, well, that there was a, a scout there from one of the universities in Birmingham. And his name was Dennis Dean. And he was there scouting for talent for their department. And he called my house because I had an application form or whatever the next 
a week and was like, I was there at your audition. Um, we really liked you and we want you to come and audition for a theater scholarship. And my, my, my mom was like, what? what? Scholarship? What? And I was like, what? Okay. Um, and so, yeah. So I went, I went there. And you got the scholarship. I did. Nice. And so you were there for four years? It was actually five because they were on the quarter system at the time. I did five years of college too, but there was no quarter system. (laughs) (laughs) It was just me. Well, I'm lucky that I didn't have more because again, like even though I'd gotten a scholarship, that was not it. Like I felt like, um, again, I really kind of had that mentality like, well, what are you really going to do? What's going to be your real major kind of thing? And so as if you have a scholarship and I also had a stipend to do like these tour groups, which they still have. So, oh, from um, the from the college? Mm-hmm, that's the theater department. So since there was a quarter system, they only had school Monday through Thursday. And then Fridays was like special project days or whatever. And so at the theater department on Fridays, if you were in a tour group, you would go to, you know, area schools and you would perform these like educational shows. That's awesome. Totally. Yeah. Um, so you had a job. I totally had a job. You were a, you were a professional actor in college uh yes technically yes i mean if you were a football player and getting that stipend would you get in trouble (laughs) well since i was basically like hung over every party morning like painfully because thursday night was like the night to go out the beer bust night oh my god it was the night to go out in birmingham so everybody i was totally hung over like every friday and um you know i just didn't take it seriously again and and I, I, I mean, my, my grades were crappy. I just wasn't focused. And I, I didn't even audition for some of the shows. Like, I was really? totally crazy. And well, then it wasn't until the, the current chair of the department at the time. He's not there anymore. Um, he's So, so there was a, a change of uh, chairs when, like, in the midway well, of Well, he your... was there. His name is Lang Reynolds. Okay. And he sat me down. And I kind of, like... I've always kind of had this like older man thing. Like even even when I was a little girl, my mom and dad used to tell me that I just loved like my dad's friends that would come over just to hang out with them and just like be around them. Right. And Lang, I just had this sort of like dad crush on him. Like I just I just loved him and um, I just had a connection with him. And one day towards the end of the year, the academic year of my freshman year in college, um, he sat me down at his desk in his office and closed the door and was basically like, what are you doing? And, you know, get your shit together. Yeah. And he told me he was, uh, he told me that I, he said, I think you're really talented. You can do this. You know, we we're you know, we're not going to be able to renew your scholarship for, um, this next semester, but if you, you know, can step it up and prove us, you can get it back. And I, that was it. I was like completely, I had my motivation Mm. and I turned everything around and I got the lead in the neck, in the play the next uh, semester. Um, There's this really cool play called Night Watch. And yeah, from then on, I mean, it was just, yeah. And then later on in in toward my senior year, I did a um, Maggie in a um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof directed by Karma Ibsen, who was one of my acting teachers. Nice. Um, Bobby Funk also I still am in touch with was one of my acting teachers um, there and and that production was nominated for an Irene Ryan oh wow so I went we went to the Irene Ryans and while I didn't place that with with the Irene Ryan with my scene they had graduate school auditions there and I had again I didn't didn't hadn't thought ahead 
wasn't prepared for that, but I was towards the end of my, you know, junior. You didn't know what you were going to do in college, and of course, in the theater department, you have to have tons of monologues. So I had a lot of stuff ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh well, I'll audition for graduate school, (laughs) and so I did. And it was one of to this day one of the best auditions I've ever given because I just you I wasn't you you didn't know you didn't know you were doing it no I had no time I remember I walked into the room and it was like full of like you know school representatives and I was like oh hi you had no time to think about it (laughs) no and that's how I ended up going to LSU nice because Bob Davis was there great program right the great school program I had amazing training there Bob Davis and Anne Marie Davis the married couple who are now at the Hart School in um, Connecticut they were my voice and diction, uh, uh, my voice and movement teachers, and John Dennis, who is my mentor, who's passed away, was our acting teacher. Sure, that's awesome. And then you were you there with uh, what do we what do we refer to like all of the LSU guys, like the the Baton Rouge Mafia or something? <laughs> totally. You, you were there with like yeah. Joe Crest and uh, and yep. Jason Bale and. Yep. Jason and I weren't there together, but we know we've definitely, um, he, I crossed paths with him because later after I graduated later after Katrina, I would eventually come back and be a visiting assistant professor of acting there for a year Nice. um, uh, with JD actually. So that was, that was a life changing experience for me too. But, um, but yeah, so we crossed paths later, but definitely David Jensen, uh, Joe Crest. I mean, all of these people need to be on the Carl show. Carl Palmer uh, needs to be on the show. All those guys. I mean, yeah, we go way, way back. We did plays together. We did so what many a, shows together. What a group of heavy hitters! Aww. From I mean, seriously, like you guys are heavy hitters in our market. So okay, so you you go through both of these wonderful programs, your undergrad and then your grad school, and then how how did you get uh, involved in film and television? How'd that happen? Um, well, so what got me to New Orleans is that right out the gate of my freshman year of graduate school, so my first year of graduate school, was a three-year program, I fell in love with an actor um, named Tony Molina, who uh, was from New Orleans, and who was, there's I don't know if you know, there's a, an equity theater company affiliated with um, LSU. It's called Swine Palace. Yeah, sure. So um, he was a resident actor with Swine Palace, okay? And um, this is where I met, enter Lara Grice. Mm. Because Lara and Tony actually were two of the actors that were in the show that summer. One of them, which was um, uh, As I Lay Dying, I believe. And uh, Lara wasn't in that one, but she was in another one. Uh, was it Angels? And um, so they were all in the actor housing. They were actually living under the same roof. And um, David Sellers, who was my classmate at the time, knew Tony and knew a lot of those guys because he had gone to um, undergrad at LSU as well and then was just in in the graduate school program. And one night we went and saw the show and I remember just this this light on the stage that was Tony and then we were all in the lobby afterward and he came down the stairs and that was it. I was done, cooked. And so we... um, connected and he is from new orleans and so he kind of became like the 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 ninth person in our class he ended up doing class projects with us and um 
he was just in, you know, obviously some of my roommates from graduate school, we were all roommates together. And then after I graduated, I went to New Orleans um, to be with Tony and his family. And um, he is who introduced me to Claudia Spiker. Claudia. Her because. name comes up a lot on this podcast. I think every every episode, yeah. probably. Dear Claudia Spiker. Claudia has touched a lot, a lot of so much. talent in this area and beyond. I mean... So she was very kind enough because I was doing, um, Tony also introduced me to, I mean, he changed the course of my life. Um, and he was also very involved in theater here in New Orleans. And one of the festivals that he was involved with was the Shakespeare Festival at Tulane. And so, uh, he introduced me to Aimee Michelle, who was then the artistic director. And even in my, before I was even done graduating, the summer before my, uh, in year 2000, the summer before my last year of graduate school, I was cast as Ophelia opposite um, his Tony is Hamlet. Wow. At the festival. And I also got to play uh, Bianca in Taming of the Shrew. Nice. I believe that same summer. So it was a nice summer for us. And um, Bob Davis, was very, he was my thesis advisor, and he was very kind enough to allow me to use that role as my thesis role, even though it wasn't an actual LSU role. He was the vocal coach on the production, so he was able to observe my work and this and that. So that was my thesis role for graduate school. Wow, amazing. Um, and then after, yeah, I mean, you know, we moved, I moved to New Orleans. I was, think I was, uh, Tony and I, was, we were waiting tables. I waited tables at Kuko's. I know it. Mm-hmm. Mexican joint. Yep. And I also worked on at, the West Bank um, or Metairie or something. No, Metairie. Gotcha. Um, and I was working at Barnes and Noble and doing plays and auditioning, but didn't really, we didn't have a lot of film training, you know, I just kind of yeah. didn't really. And then one day I got cast in, um, uh, as this role, Serafina in Pop Rocks. Starring David Jensen was a lead. Oh yeah, I've I've seen uh, Gary, it, Gary on his Cole. reel. Gary Cole. Yeah, where they're like an aging correct eighties guy. Eighties guys. Yeah, they come back. It's like yeah. a, a TV movie, right? Yes, for yeah. ABC Family. ABC Family, yeah. So that was actually my first like on-screen speaking role. And how was that first experience? It was amazing. I was just thrilled. It was, but it was, you know, it was just so much learning experience. I was just constantly. Uh, I was I was nervous. I was excited. Um, I didn't really know anything about camera technique or anything. How did you learn on the job, or did you start taking some no workshops and stuff? No, I never took any workshops. I was just sort of as I went. Uh, I just learned as I and I definitely made you know mistakes. Sure. Um, but yeah, just sort of. Did you hide it though? Were you like nobody's gonna know that? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> or were you like, Oh no, I'm sure I was honest? like, I'm sorry. I messed that up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Know. So did it, did it after the first one, did it start, uh, snowballing for you? Cause I mean, you have a really extensive list of credits, but your credits are pretty, pretty significant. I mean, you've, you've done some roles in movies around, like a lot of, a lot of actors work around here and they'll work for a day or two days, you know, have under five, you have like, like big roles and lots of projects around here that are are more extensive than the normal local actor. Like, what do you what do you attribute that to outside of just your sheer talent? Oh my goodness! I mean, um, it's true. Thank you. Um, no, that means a lot. Thank you. I I don't know. I mean, I definitely know that I was 
day playing like crazy. You know, if you look at the first half of my credits, it was just a lot of day playing and, and was super grateful for that to, to learn. I think my first con recurring was in um, The Riches, I believe. Which was right after Katrina. I remember I read yeah. the pilot for that. And I've, I've seen that on your reel and on Spud's reel. You're Spud's wife in that, right? Yes. And yes. you have Spud on the show too. Man. He was he was so wonderful to work with. And he was so kind to me because we ended up having to go to California for the second uh, season or the, for the, no, for the, not second season, for the, the net, the, the, like a later episode, I believe it was because we did the pilot here. And then it got picked up, right. and it went to out to California, and that's how actually I became SAG. I had to be, I became you a must to, join. You had to, uh, actually, I just learned this. Will, this would be something good for uh, the listeners. The must join thing. Mm -hmm. um, I just got corrected by the Screen Actors Guild uh, just this past week oh. um, that that is not the term that they use. It is called must pay. We don't want to tell anyone they must join. It's must pay. Okay. Seems worse. That's not at all what I thought you were going to say. Hopefully, no one from the Screen Actors Guild is listening to that. No, but I didn't know about that clause. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, all of a sudden, somebody calls me and they're like, you have to join. And it's like three thousand dollars, and I yeah. was like, "What?" Yeah. Well, I mean, it's this where I mean, we yeah. are. We, you guys are like the actors are really lucky here because it's a right to work state. Yep. There are so many actors who never join, you know, and they work all these jobs because they don't have to. But in a state like California or New York, you you have to join. You know, after the fourth time uh, at working as an extra, you have. 30 days to work until you have to join. And then after the second time of as an actor, then you have 30 days and you, and then you're must join, must pay, not must, must join, pay. Must, must pay. pay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you did it, you joined. Yeah. So I did join. I think my, I mean, my mom, I think my, my parents had to, to front me the money. Yeah. Was um, it, were you excited to join? Like, were you like, Oh, I'm a card carrying union member. I was. Yeah. Good. I definitely, yeah. You should be. I mean, I'm very that's proud a, of, 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 being a union member yeah you should be it's a it's a good it's a great accomplishment they've done amazing things for me over the years and and still are um when, and so and but yeah just to finish about spud like we did that scene actually that i used that scene in my reel too and there's a part where i mean so actually it was the literally like the i think it was the last um the last scene of this episode and then it was going to be like a break and it was we were in the, this desert in california at night in the middle of nowhere, it was freezing and everybody was tired and I had to do this, you know, squib. I got squibbed. I, I, shot, I accidentally shoot myself. Uh-huh. And so there was this whole thing and they were basically like, have you ever been squibbed? I was like, uh, no. And he was like, okay, well, this is how you do it and don't <laughs> fuck it up because we only have one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, oh, oh, no, oh, no. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure you did it right then. I did it right, but not before I ended up falling and spraining my wrist oh. Oh. so badly that I thought that I broke it before the shoot, before the, like, in the rehearsal. Oh. Like, we were not on level ground, and I fell backwards and went to do this, and uh, I caught yeah. myself, and it just, something happened. 
And Spud was so amazing to me to this day. I'm so grateful because I was like, I wasn't saying anything. I was not because people were, there was no, there was no time. Even if it had been broken, like there was no time for that shit. Like you cannot, I wasn't about to stop the press for anything. We just needed to get it done. Mm. And I was like, I think my wrist is broken. He was like, oh my God, do you want it? And I was like, no, no, just, just help me. You know, I might need you to help me with this or that, but just don't say anything. And it started swelling and you can see it actually in the video. There's like a little golf ball like oh over my, my God. wrist. And to this day, it's actually stiff. I have to do this like every day. Well, did it was you get- just a bad sprain. No, I ended up, um, no, but we had to fly home and it was so nice because we had this like first class ticket and normally would have been great. We were <laughs> terrible on this. We were like on this giant plane. We were like in the middle row and we were like Spud is like, we're like recline and Spud is like... <sighs> I am like holding my wrist, which is throbbing. Like we look ridiculous. We had been up all night. We were dirty. Oh my god! Like there were people on the plane. We're probably like, (laughs) how'd you get? How'd you get these people? And is this man beating his wife? How'd you get first class? He was being so nice to me. I I was like, thank you so much. He was picking up my bag. He was helping me. You know, Um, what a gentleman, Spud. What a gentleman. Wow. So. So that's a big deal to get on a show and it's a nice recurring role like that for your first time where you like, oh my God, I've made it. Uh, um, I don't, may, maybe. I a mean, little bit. You're may, like, a little bit. this is it. It's happening. Honestly, I think it happened um, maybe right before that with The Reaping. I got cast oh. in this movie called The Reaping. Yeah, Hillary, Hillary Swank. Exactly. Yeah. And that was one where I kind of thought, oh, my God, you know, I'm working with her and it was this great character role. And like I had some good scenes and they ended up like using my scene in the trailer trailer a lot because it was like that great line. Are you going to kill my baby? She's like, what? And I'm like, why not? You have like real like heavy emotional scenes in that movie. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they ended up like using it so much that when she was on The Tonight Show, um, they used that scene. And my dad was like. Yeah, he taped it, and we were all watching it. And I mean, you know, it's just so bittersweet because nobody ever said, who is that? No. And and nobody, she never said my name. I just wanted her to say my name. You you already have two Oscars, Hillary. You know, like, Like, say her name. (laughs) She was awesome to work with, like, no doubt. Like, she was great. She didn't rehearse, so it was a little intense so it was but it really helped me because i was scared out of my mind so she didn't rehearse so it was like all a surprise she had come off a million dollar baby and the rumor was that clint didn't have any rehearsal uh so everything was very first time and this was it was a real um learning experience for me on a totally different type of technique that i'd never been exposed to as a young actress because you know i'm from the theater yeah. And we rehearse. You rehearse for a lot, you several know? weeks. And so this whole notion of like never rehearsing, I really likened it to, and still do really, like like boxing, like two boxers that do their thing. They're, they train on the side and then they come together in the ring and mm. it's ding, ding, and they fight each other and they never fought each other before. But you both know what you're doing. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> you um, knew what you were doing. But you don't know what the other but person's I going to do. I didn't know wow. actually a lot of what I, I mean, I knew the character. I had worked so hard on that character um and i did i had a journal i like did all this character background i had my moment before like really down so i was just uh 
I was in it. I was way method on What's that the moment before for young actors listening? What is that? Okay, so the moment before. So I'm a Stanislavski, Konstantin Stanislavski trained actress. Um, nice. And so, you know, I heard in one of your shows they were talking about the as if. Maybe it was PJ. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but that's actually from Stanislavski as well. You know, um, sort of all these sort of conventions that he invented. Um and and documented that we use now and a lot of people don't realize actually come from his training his teaching um his method so that's actually you know one of the main you know fun, the fundamental sort of thing that i teach uh, that for all of us as actors is what happened the moment before because if you don't know where you're coming because nothing starts at zero everything starts in the middle of something yeah and there's no there is not it doesn't exist um, so like, you know, it's sort of, sort of like when you're standing on the side of the street and you see a bus and you just looking straight ahead, the bus is going to go by and it's in motion and there's all these things in life and people and creation on the bus and then it's gone. And that's kind of like, you know, watching TV or a play, you see the scene and it's gone. So we have to, as, as actors, you know, we have to, we have to, you know, really understand that life. moment before yeah. and give it life. And a lot of times we don't know what's going, you know, we don't get the script a lot of times in TV and film and that's a real challenge. And so we have to learn how to fill it in and to yeah. create it. Um, so it's a lot of journaling and like the things that weren't in the script, you know, I had to sort of like fill in for myself so that mm-hmm. I could, you know, answer questions that I. Well, it's the only way to answer. give it give it some dimension, you know, give the character some dimension. I did a, I was doing a class this weekend in Dallas and that was actually a big note I gave to a lot of young actors is like, you know, what's happening right before this? Like you, you have to think about those things and, and decide for your, you know, for yourself, for your character, for it to have some life, you know, when you're coming into this audition, into the scene. So, I mean, that's, that's key for sure it was and i and i miss it you know honestly like so much about that uh project just taught me so much i mean you know i talked about making mistakes i made mistakes you know in front of hillary swank i i did things wrong i mean and i i just was so like wide-eyed and like you know it was my first film and and stephen hopkins you know did call me for rehearsal not her but she was you know off preparing in her her space and so i came into the space and he was like all right so the room is yours what do you want to do and i was just like (laughs) you didn't know what to do no i mean i didn't know that they were gonna i was supposed to hit these marks and then there were gonna be people that were gonna come in and drop these sort of beanbag marks at my feet everywhere i stopped and then i was gonna have to do it again and like hit those spots again and you know it was kind of I think maybe one of the first times I had to walk and talk um, while doing some acting. How how many? So on your first job like that, were was it a, a film where you had to do a ton of takes, uh, or was this? We did not have to do a ton of takes because she didn't she didn't want a ton of takes. I mean, because she was such a first timer, right. she really wanted the first time to be. She wanted the that one. captured. Yeah, yeah, and um, she wanted it to be real. Yes, and so in the because moment. of that, we did not do a lot of. It was no. It was for me. I, I can't speak for other people on the film, but I can remember it was like three, four, max. So then, that movie happens, and you 
and then you keep up the hustle like you you're still auditioning for stuff and then you start yeah. booking some some other jobs right i mean yeah i was doing other jobs um but just to circle back to kind of what we talked about before i mean a lot of people i mean even my the the girl who was my stunt double um <laughs> You didn't capture them. You captured the stunt doubles. Do you remember that from Spaceballs? <laughs> <laughs> you captured the stunt doubles, you idiot. Um, no, but she was awesome. And she, I remember she was living in California at the time. And she was like, you're going to be a star. You, know, you don't understand. Like this movie is going, you're going to blow up. And, and I was like, you believe really? in it. You, I did. Yeah. And, and so, and especially like when they started like showing me at the, at the the trailer, you know, in the trailer, and then you know the Anna Sophia Robb, who played um, the little girl in that, her mother and um, her father were very present on set with her and were very kind, very loving, and they were very kind to me. And I ended up going out to the premiere, um, but I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to walk the red carpet or anything. I was invited to the premiere, but I do not believe that I had like red carpet access or anything like that. I didn't know how it was going to work. There was all these unanswered questions. And actually, um, Anna Sophia's mother, Mrs. Rob, she like was there at the premiere. My sister dropped me off. <laughs> um, my sister lives in LA. Um, and she was just like, actually I was walking up to the premiere and Anna Sophia was in her limo with her mom. And she was like, Andrea, what are you doing? Come in. And they, I got in the limo with them. And then, then the next thing you know, I'm literally like getting out at the red carpet arrivals with Anna Sophia and her mother, who basically was like, oh, you don't have, you're not on the list. Oh, I'll take care of this. And she like turned around to somebody with a clipboard and was like, this is Andrea Frankel. She plays Maddie McConnell. Can she please get someone to escort her down the red carpet? And out, nice. boom. And like, then I was there. That was like, and it was all because of her. And that's kind of how like, you know, my career has kind of happened to me. It just... <laughs> You know, like, it, you, people, you know, it, it's not without someone helping me. Yeah. Obviously. Like I need, I've, so, I've, 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 I've done the training and I'm, you know, I have something there. I'm definitely still in the process of learning. And I think I have a lot more work well, to I go mean, and you, to grow. But. You've done all these, these like really great projects and, and done a really good job on them. Have, have you been approached by like, like larger agencies or anything or like big managers to like, what does that take? Like, what does it take? What do you have to do to get that? Like, I don't know. I mean, I did for, um, underground again, it kind of came back. People were like, you know, this is going to be it for you. And I when it came out, agree. people were like, is your phone ringing off the hook? Never rang once. It's crazy. Like never that. I don't know which, it's one of the later episodes when you have this, like just, sassy savory monologue you know where you Dina Porter yeah it's just so good thank you and I was just like oh well well the test we'll, I mean the writing was I was so, like we'll never have... be able to hire Andrea again in this market oh. like bye well here I am okay <laughs> no no I mean that script that story was just such a I mean the writing I mean it I, you know I mean, when you're reading it I mean not just the dialogue, the action sequences. It's it's like an it's like a novel. It's a page turner. You cannot you cannot put it down. And so when you have dialogue like that, I mean, it's just yeah. It's just it's such a gift. Um, so it was such a blessing. And 
And honestly, like I didn't really like by that point, I'd been, it, it had happened to me several times, you know, where people were like, you're going to blow up. And I, I'm just, I don't, I, I take it with a grain of salt now. Yeah. I don't look for that because I, I, well, yeah, I never yeah. have. I don't, you know, you I don't think I any tell. actor really like wants to be faint, like famous. Like that's not why. But you do want to work. Exactly. Is, is this, is acting, or you're solely an actor now, right? I mean, no, or do you I do teach, anything else? I'm a professor of acting. Well, I teach, I'm an adjunct professor at um, Georgia Southern University oh, yeah? in Savannah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And I teach acting for the camera. And do your students recognize you from... Uh, from television they do sometimes some of them are they are any of them like is it ever noticeable that they're they might be intimidated or like nervous around you because you're a successful actor i i don't know i mean they're they're nervous but they're nervous because they're beginning actors or they're some of them are it's an elective like my class in this particular instance like they don't have to have had any acting experience i have a few i mean they're totally green and so they're nervous because they're acting on camera for the first time. Um, some of them may see me in this and that, but have you have you in your journeys as a teacher in colleges and you know maybe outside of it witnessed anyone that you're like, oh, this this kid is really good and probably a star. Have you had any of that? Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of talent. Yeah, uh, in my in my time, yeah. Especially, I mean, the, I mean, some of the best talent I've ever worked with are in the theater, you know. Or yeah, some of my students from from my LSU days when I went back, like I said, and and uh, taught there. I mean, you know, a few of them are some are my friends. One of them is one of my best friends, and yeah, super talented. I mean, I've gotten to do some some theater uh, with some of the best actors I've ever worked with. And they're not, you know, necessarily on TV. You know, people wouldn't yeah. recognize them on TV all the time. I mean, they've done TV, but, yeah. we're, you know, like me, you know, we're not stars, as it were. They're passionate about acting. <laughs> Take it where they can get it. I, you know, on that same note about, you know, seeing a star or someone who's really talented, this weekend I witnessed, you guys, I witnessed a nine-year-old that blew my freaking socks off. Oh. A nine-year-old. I, I was just like, "How do you know? How, how do uh, you get this? Like, it, how do it you exist? It's out there. Like, so, so good, amazing. Like, like uh, Henry Thomas, you know, in that audition he does for uh, ET mm. that oh that gosh. surfaces the internet. Yeah, yeah. This kid was like that good. Oh, a girl, a female version. Wonderful. So good. Yeah, I love seeing that too. I hope yeah. for her sake that it's you know it remains. Because I think that the the danger with young actors and and that type of pure talent is that it can become tainted by people who tell them adults, grown ups, mm-hmm. parents, even sometimes acting teachers and coaches who think they know better and, right. and tell them how to say it. Yeah. And so a lot of times with young actors, they have these great instincts, perfect instincts. And then they get muddied or but confused. But they've been coached so much that they're so over-rehearsed that they don't know how to, to use those instincts anymore mm. because, of course, they listen to the grown-ups in their life and they think that that's the way it's supposed to be. Yep. Oh, um, my God. We're so on the same page because that's, like, the biggest note I always give. You know, I'll do, I'll do these workshops and classes, and I never want to, like, ruffle their talent, you know, and, like, I mean, I'll give some some advice, but I don't want to stifle them or mm-hmm. like confuse them, 
you know, in any way. I want them to be able to be creative and make their own choices and their decisions and, you know, maybe just guide them on like how they're supposed to get there or could get there if, if they need help with that. But yeah. I think for kids, I mean, one important, you know, especially for little kids like that, something that, you know, you could share with them is that everything is about love. So it has to do with love. So if you have this, you're trying to get this, it's all about love. And so is it's either about the taking away of love or it's about trying to get it back or it's about, you know, trying to prove it or it's about, you know, trying to, to get that love in a box back. And how do you do that from that person? Mm, I don't know. I like that. <laughs> so your, your career in New Orleans got a little sidetracked because you ended up moving away, right? For a little while. Well, I know you don't live here now, but you moved far away for a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, I did it. I did it. Yeah, I've moved away twice. So, see, I was here up until uh, at that point, up until Katrina. Um, you know, the reaping and all this, what we were just talking about, happened just um, past Katrina. And I had separated from my then husband, uh, Tony, at the time. Uh, we were we were married, um, and worked together on many projects, and had some really great times together, and um, you know some really rough times together. Um, you know, being an actor, two actors uh, in a relationship in a marriage is is something. <laughs> um, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. It can work, um, but it's um, yeah. So, so we split, but it was interesting um, that time of my life. Like we, yeah, Katrina came, and it was literally a hurricane of a hurricane into my life in more ways than one. And uh, we were splitting up, and he was not well. Um, he had a lot of, you know, demons he was fighting. And we were happened to be in Othello at the Shakespeare Festival at Tulane at, of the, at the time. He was playing Othello, and I was Desdemona. Um, and so we decided to sort of like finish that play before we dealt with us because we were, you know, in the play and living together, and it was a lot. And then Katrina happened in the middle of that kind of, and so we right. had to um, evacuate. Uh, we went to Houston. Um, we left the night of the storm. Well, we left the sun. It hit on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So we, we left at about 3.30 in the morning, and we drove to Houston. And we stayed with our friend Stephanie Brown, um, who took us in for 10 days. Um, and did Shout you, out to Stephanie. Stephanie, yeah. My angel, one of our angel friends on the path. Um, and did you know Gavin Maley? No. Okay, he was a really amazing theater actor at the time. That was the last time I saw him. He ended up dying later um, that year from a heart attack. Mm. But um, he was in Houston, too. So, yeah, and then we ended up, we couldn't go back, as so many people couldn't. We couldn't get back in. We took a, you know, a bag. I was teaching adjunct also at Tulane that summer, and I mean, that fall, and like everything was starting back up again, and then all of a sudden it shut down. And so um, it just so turned out that, my parents were in Montgomery. His father and stepmother were also in Montgomery, coincidentally. Um, and so we sort of split, went our separate ways. Um, and I ended up getting a job at the Shakespeare Festival at Tulane. 
and he had worked with Shakespeare and Company in Lenox, Massachusetts a few times, and they heard kind of about us and being down on our luck, and they invited him to come up and work at their fall festival in Lenox. So, so that's kind of, you know, how that happened. And so, yeah, so when I finally ended up finding my way back to Louisiana, my sister, who was in LA, has, you know, been trying to get me out by this point for years. And she was like, there's a hurricane there. There's nothing there. Is she in the show business at all? She's not. She's not. Um, She works in the sort of technical field of computers and project management and um, very good at what she does. Um, But no, she's not in the business, as it were. But she really wanted me to be out there. She has a daughter, my niece, um, Claire, who is now 17, but um, wasn't at the time. And she (laughs) wanted me to be out, be um, auntie to her. And so I was ready to go. And um, then that's when my mentor, JD, called and said, I want you to teach. We just lost our incumbent teacher. Uh, She went back to DePaul. Can you teach acting for a year here? And so I said, okay. Let's do it. And so, yeah, that was uh, a really amazing experience for me because uh, I, I had taught, I had learned from him as an actor in his MFA program. And now he, you know, not only was I teaching undergraduate acting, but I was teaching acting majors for the first time. I, up to this point, I had been only teaching non-majors, you know, like a lot right. of... Right, the electives. And- yeah, improv, veal spool and exercises, in, you know, just a lot of like ensemble games Mm -hmm. and now i was teaching kids with their like you know their chins and their hands like oh you know we're excited to be here we want to act yeah and that was a real game changer for me and then i remember in my office because i had an office uh with my name on the door uh, i was real (laughs) official he came in there one day not long after school started and he said uh there's seven mfas you're the eighth and left and so in addition to teaching three courses, um, and I ended up directing a one act, he also said you ha- have to, had to be a scene partner in the um, MFA class. So I had like 10 minutes to change in my office after class, put my rehearsal skirt on and a shirt and like run down and be in the MFA class and do scene work. Um, wow. But I was able to sort of, because I was teaching acting, then I was a, even though I was an actor, I had already done a lot of those scenes when I was an MFA. Mm-hmm. So I was able to sort of look at it as a teaching, uh, from a teaching perspective and listen to how he coached. And that really changed the course of my life as far as acting teaching goes, sort of launched me on that, that path. Wow. That's amazing. And so then you, you went up to Canada for a little while to live, right? Yeah, so during this time when I was at LSU, um, you know, I had I was going through divorce. It was extremely difficult, and um, but I met I went to a wedding uh, with my friend Stephanie, the one at, um, in Houston who had hosted us. Um, my friend Debbie was marrying a French guy, and so all the French people came from the wedding. And sure enough, there's this French guy at this wedding, and um, yeah, we started, uh, we had a connection. I think it's fair to say. Uh, <laughs> ou en français, en connexion. Nice. Um, merci. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and so. And the teacher becomes the student. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a real blessing because I was, you know, not even close to being over um, my former relationship. And, and but we, I was, is enough of a connection that I didn't want to let it go. So the fact that he was living in France and we could start in like sort of online long distance relationship was 
was really the best of both worlds for me. It allowed me nice. the space to heal and like still sort of. And plus you, know. you got to travel to France. Oh uh, sure. yeah, I still do. Every yeah. year we go, his parents are there. Oh wow. Um, yeah. And so after dating him for a little bit, I mean, my, I ended up going to LA cause that was my, you know, always my plan, even though I had met him and he was in France, I was like, look, I'm going to LA. I promised my sister. And so, uh, right after LSU, I went. Did you do the actor hustle in LA? I did. Well, I, I tried. It was a difficult time to be there because it was the, the actor strike and the writer strike was happening. Mm. And Ugh. it was a real, like, then it was like the recession. Yeah. And it was just, it was tough. Yeah. And I can remember doing a few auditions with, and I was just auditioning for guest star roles. And there were people that I had seen, women that I had seen on TV, like on, you know, major recurring characters auditioning for the same role that I was. And I was still a pretty young actor at the time, but I was like, um, but guess what? This is like, that's you. That is you now. I mean, people come in and they see you and they're like, Oh shit, she's here. You know, like there's no way I'm getting this. Like, Oh, there's a way. Definitely. I mean, you know, there's a way, but you know, it's all full circle. It is. It's, it's it is what it is. But I get, I mean, I get it. I get that. It know? is. And it was, you know, but what was amazing is that I was, um, at that was an amazing time for me too, because, um, I, I was in LA and I was just sort of like there, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in LA. I mean, obviously, but I didn't have a plan. I just knew that I had my sister and my niece. She wanted me to nanny and, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't really have any money and, um, I just knew I wanted to act. And so I obviously been straight out of the theater training and, you know, so much theater. And so I, I had, this was also when The Secret was really big, started to be really big. Mm. The Secret, you know The Secret? Yeah, there, there's a movie happening. Oh, I didn't know that. I think it's being made here. So there, yeah. oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Katie maybe, Holmes or something? Maybe I should secret myself into I'm, that movie. I'm talking about it <laughs> because I'm not part of it, so I'm sure I can just say what I've heard. I've heard rumor. Well, I definitely yeah. think there's truth to, you know, to, to the teaching of that. You know, you can say this and that about it but for me like I was in need of something like that I needed some sort of methodology to help me get out of this emotional slump that I was in because I still I mean I was dating this gorgeous Frenchman I was you know that was going well but I still couldn't sort of break this this man you know out of my heart kind of thing and and sort of and also look forward and just try to put myself first because I didn't know how to do that and I just knew, like, so I said, well, what do I want to do? I mean, let, let me just start reading. And, and I was just reading plays because that's what J.D., you know, always told us to do. And Streetcar Named Desire was on my nightstand. And three, two to three weeks later, um, it, was, it was on my nightstand. I get a call from Rusty Tennant. Do you know Rusty? Yeah, yes. Yeah, who was displaced by the storm. Yes. He had gone to Portland. And he calls me and he's like, so I'm working at this theater company. We got to do Streetcar Named Desire. We just lost our Blanche. Her dad died. <laughs> oh, my God. Would you come and do Blanche? And I was like, are you kidding me? And he said, well, you got to talk to the director. But we're really kind of don't have anyone. And so I had a two-hour conversation with John Cretzio on the phone. And the next thing I know, I'm flying to... Portland to play Blanche. That's amazing. Um, yeah. What an opportunity. It was Jeez. incredible. It was a, another life-changing kind of moment 
for me. And that's artist repertory that I met my, my, you know, my now one of my besties, Val Landrum, incredible actress, um, based out in Portland, Oregon. And she played Stella and I just met, you know, I made a new family out there. And it was, um, my sister was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You're what? You just got here. It was, it was a tough time for her. Uh, Um, but the actress in me was just like skipping out the door. You had to go. You yeah. have to do it. I mean, that's an amazing opportunity. Wow. Yeah, and I ended up going back there the following year to do that production of Three Sisters. Um, and it was Tracy did, Letts, Three Sisters. Did you work directly with Tracy Letts? So, yeah, Tracy came in and wow. he he did table work with us. Um, and yeah, it what, was it was a what really is table cool. Work? T- oh, so table work is when you. Um, you spend it's 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 a one of my favorite times in the process in the theater. You actually get to the luxury of sitting at ta- at the table with everyone involved in the production with your scripts and you read it and then you you talk about it and you discuss you know Character the ideas conferencing. And, and yes and and yeah. and what does this mean and you and you look things up and you hmm. you go over things and you say how is this going to work with our production concept and you visualize and you. You know, then you would, at the time, you would go out on the, you know, smoke your cigarette on the break and just, oh, it was great. Good times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he came in and, and and his, obviously being Tracy Lutz, you know, it was a, his take on this particular, uh, uh, you know, on Three Sisters. So it was instead of Masha saying like, you know, life is bleak and full of little hope and, you know, how it, it doesn't make sense to just pick up and and go on living, his version of that line would be, oh, life sucks, and then you die. <laughs> you know, so it was yeah. funny. You know, it was like he would take the essence of of sure. what was there and sort of create it into modern language. And I, I thought it was brilliant. Um, Did you see? Oh, I thought the poster was still on my wall. I just saw the Southern Rep production of, uh, oh, God, they, uh, it was a, oh, God, we're going to have to cut this out, Jason, because now, <laughs> Never mind. I'll tell. We'll talk about it after. It was so good. Oh, the uh, fuck! <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. Came and went. Uh, Trey Trey Bravant was in it. It was a, oh, yeah, a checkoff. Uh, no, I but, wish. But it was part two. Oh. Okay. Uh, oh, the Nora, a doll's house. Yeah, a doll's house too. Oh, That's I wish. So I remember reading that. about it. <laughs> a doll's house too. I remember reading yeah. about it. It was so good. It was oh, so good. I've heard Leanne Patterson things. was in it. She was hilarious. Oh, she's Trey great. Bravant, uh, great. Sarah Sarah Dern, uh, who you may not know, she's kind of new to around here. Um, it was really good. So it, I'm I'm assuming that it was similar in tone to to your show that you did with Tracy Letts. Yeah, it was uh, it was a terrific experience. I mean, that production it was very challenging. I I, and I honestly I don't think this is my personal opinion. I don't think Tracy liked our production. Um, that's sort of the overwhelming feeling that never I got hear from this. him on, um, even if he hears it, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with it. I mean, it's, I think it is what it is. Like, you know, it's, it's fair. He, He's he become sh- like, he a... shelved it like not long after we worked oh, on really? it. So I hope that we didn't have that much to do with that decision, but, um, He's no. become kind of a big actor. Oh, I mean, he's incredible. Yeah. So another one of the LSU group, um, Madison Dirks, who's a wonderful actor, um, from Baton Rouge, also trained by JD, um, LSU. Um, and he ended up 
starring with Tracy Letts in the revival of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf on Broadway. Oh, wow. And so... With... Uh, uh, what's her name from Roseanne? Uh, Metcalf. Metcalf. Laurie yeah. Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that production. So that's the first play that I ever saw and only maybe ever saw on Broadway. Really? I, I don't get to New York much. Don't get out much out of these parts. Um, wow. And so, yeah, my friend Jennifer Kelly and I, Jennifer Salvant now, um, we went up to see Madison in it. And um, uh, Tracy Letts, he, he, he won the Tony for that. He, he blew my mind. Wow. Like he was incredible and um got to see him backstage and wanted to be like i know you didn't like our three sisters please don't hold it against me no i don't know if he'd liked it or not i'm kidding but um um, it was a wonderful production uh for many reasons uh, for me so so cut to today you're a mother which is amazing. Yeah. Is that how flash that forward? Flash yeah. forward. Married the French guy. Married the French guy. We moved to Montreal because he um, got a job in Montreal, and so when I I moved back from LA to New Orleans, New Orleans was killing it. Like there was, 2011 was just like it was on fire, yeah. right? I mean, and so I literally doubled all the little credits that I had the day player stuff I was telling you about. I doubled them. Everything that I'd done in my in my several years career, you did in one year. In one year, I doubled them. That's amazing. That's how amazing it was, and I had secreted it. I'm telling you, like I I was like I want to, you know, after being in L. A., it just sort of knew that it just wasn't for me. It wasn't about the business being this or that. I just I just could it, it just didn't feel it there. And then I also wanted to be closer to Vincent, um, you know, even a few hours closer to him because he was still in France at the time. Um, but there was so much happening here and I just missed it. I just missed it so much. And I wanted, you know, I had, you know, moved on from the relationship. I wanted to be back and, and start over. And, and I had, a, I had secreted, like, I just want a little house, like in New Orleans, I want to teach acting and I want to coach and, and I want to, and I want to act. And that's exactly what I did that year. Nice. Um, and then Vincent was like, I got a job in Montreal. So, and I was like, so what does that mean he's like well you're You're like you gotta put a ring on right (laughs) yeah and he did and and i you know and i i had to choose i did but after five years of, of being with him long distance we were it was five years i was like you know i can't i can't i gotta i gotta make the move so nice and then and now and then you guys have ended in Savannah, which is similar to New Orleans, right? I mean, in a in a lot of ways. I know you're in another little suburb of of Savannah. Yeah, but. I'm in I'm in Richmond Hill, so it's a little more country. So the people of Savannah would be like, "Oh, it's Richmond Hill. It's not Savannah." Um, but I'm a you know I'm not I'm a very short drive to historic Savannah. Okay. There are parts of it that look like New Orleans, yeah. but I would not say that i've heard that too um it does not it's like, like new orleans at all like i mean it doesn't have new the orleans. it doesn't have i mean nothing is new orleans but no new orleans, i know you know like just there is no other place like it <sighs> um, all right so one more question from me what okay. do you want casting or producers to know about you that they don't already know anything oh gosh um uh, oh gosh i sing I can sing. Oh, so casting a, a movie musical, yeah. you could be in it. Yes. All right. I feel I feel 
like uh, to revisit those roots. Uh, all right, dust I like the that. cobwebs off the old cords. <laughs> um, I speak French. That's a good. That's good. I'm, I think I've had you audition for something in French. I want to say something. Oh, did you do the John Rosenbaum movie recently? No, but I've done like like Zoo had a lot of French characters and maybe I I had a stint where I did a lot of French. I was like, ugh. But it worked out, you know. I'm always worried. I love like, how you were. I love French how you exactly like you did. No. Uh, like you were like uh. the ugh is like I'm never gonna find this. Ugh. Uh, in Louisiana, uh, French yeah, people so annoyed. <laughs> so, uh, any questions for me? Um. You know, no pressure. I mean, I do. I we, do. We've we've covered a lot of territory. Go I for do. it. I do. I do have questions. Um. Uh, I do have a question for you. Oh, okay. So I think that one of the most challenging aspects of being a working actor, and I feel that I can echo these sentiments from other actors, is that we don't get feedback. We audition, we do the tapes, and then we don't hear anything. Yeah, but the feedback might be that you're getting another audition for something else, right? <laughs> yes, and that is, yes. Would and you get, is, and would we you... definitely, we definitely, you know, we'll say, oh, when we get that second, you know, that next audition, we think, oh, so I didn't, you know, I didn't blow it too bad in the last one. But no, I guess my question is... Would you is, get feedback at a normal job? That's, but that's my question. Okay. My question to you is, I mean, why... I, and, and, and it's maybe rhetorical, but what is wrong with giving actors feedback? When do you want it? After it's all done or in the room? Just curious. <laughs> like I get emails from agents, you know, like the day of. A lot of times it, it might be like, uh, hey, um, any feedback on so-and-so's audition that they did an hour ago? You know, it's like, I am still doing casting sessions. Let's hold off for a week before you, or two days before you ask me that question i've never asked that because Not i didn't you. really think that it was allowed i mean i mean it's in my if it, you're well, i've been kind of told that it's sort of frowned upon that we don't we're not supposed to bother you with that i, kind of I would stuff. say pick your pick your battles when it comes to that if it's something you're really passionate about and you really really truly thought like whoa this was this was mine and Looking at the role, I could see that this is going to be cast locally or that, you know, like I truly have a shot at this and nothing comes of it, then ask, you know, but don't do it every time. It, it, cause sure it, it could get overwhelming. It can too. get overwhelming. I mean, look at my office. Who's in here? Me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I got to do a lot of stuff. So, you know, if I answered feedback for 450 auditions from one episode of a, a show yeah. like no i know um i need but, to create a software that just shows like actor tracking or something and it's like you get cut and like you see the last one that makes it all the way okay patent that yes <laughs> <laughs> the casting directors wouldn't use it yeah I, I think it's it's um it's okay to to ask for feedback every now and then i mean if you need to know like if it's something that's going to drive you nuts then okay. ask it, especially if you have a, a good relationship with the casting director. You know, I don't think they would be like, oh, I hate you now or, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. 
how like bigger offices in LA handle that sort of thing or if they even do it. I doubt it. Um, I just, I think it's mostly about the relationship between the uh, agent or manager that's asking and the casting director, you know, Mm -hmm. do they have that kind of rapport where they can, where they can approach the casting director and ask for that kind of stuff. And sometimes like, like just know that, if we brought you in for it, then obviously we 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 think you are a viable option for this role. And like I like I t- was telling kids in the workshop this weekend, you know, on any given role, there's going to be like a thousand people to five hundred to a thousand people submitted, right? In yeah. this in this market, really, right in LA, it's probably three thousand. I didn't even or know more. It, was, it was that much here. That's a lot. That's yeah. that's a ton. Not because it's not just Louisiana; it's Texas, it's Atlanta people, yeah. Mississippi, you know, Florida. Florida. Um, like fifty people at most are probably gonna get an audition. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty good odds if you're getting the audition, right? So you got a one in fifty chance unless they're seeing it in LA as well then you know I'm gonna have to whittle it down to you know depending on the project if it's a film I usually show more options than I would like a a fast-paced tv series so the way it works is that you you whittle it down as you say to to several actors or actresses for a role yeah you you show your cards. You show all of these to the powers that be. The producers, like, hey, here are your options. And here, they, are, these are the best they options. They pick from and that. They pick from that if they want to just cast or if they want to see for callbacks. You know, so they have. You gotta if you're a producer or a director, you gotta think of all the other spokes that are in the wheel that they have to deal with. You know, which is like locations and going on scouts every day, like prepping for the job you know dealing with the schedule and like this one role is important but it's one spoke in a lot of stuff they have to do so they may not have time to sift through uh you know 50 auditions that's why they hire me to give my opinion and and if if i don't if i don't have it right then they'll say hey do you have more options and then we'll send more options but usually knock on wood i I get it right (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're doing great i mean congratulations to you well, and, and i just you know would like to say too um you know thank you for thank you for this uh no seriously for being we, here well well thank you for having me but no really for the show i mean for the podcast for thank you for this platform that you've given to you know southeastern actors or for talent that that work here because Thanks. I have to say that, you know, we don't, we don't really have something like that. I know. That's why I wanted to do it. And I mean, the fact that it comes from, you know, a, a local casting director too is, it makes it extra special. So I really think it's awesome what you're doing. And, and I, I Thanks. just love listening to it. Too. And I know you guys are just, and Justin who's out there fighting the good fight. He's sick this week. Mm. Oh, Okay. Well, I hope he feels better. Working from home in the Bay Area. Um, Well, thanks. I'm glad. Thank you. And and thank, you know, and I loved the the casting panel that y'all did. Um, It was great. 
<laughs> I love that you busted out the wine. <laughs> oh, we um, had cheese and everything. Grapes. Yeah, grapes. Oh, the grapes. Uh, thanks, Brent Caballero. Oh, yeah, and I want to say thank you to Brent, too, because the last two uh, projects I worked on here, besides the purge, were through him. So nice. huge shout-out to Brent. Brent's rocking it, man. He's working. Yeah, to Liz, too. <laughs> shout-out to my peeps. All right, mm-hmm. well, I guess we'll... We'll end it there. Thank you, Jason, once again. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Follow us all on social media at Talk Like Normal, at Glorioso Casting, at Jason Edwards TV, at Full Grown Mouse, Justin TC underscore underscore, and at Andrea Frankel. Yep. And if you need to know how to spell it, just Twitter, look. Instagram. Yeah. All right. We out. Thank Ryan so Adams. Much. I want a song. Bye. <laughs> Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. Create a searchable profile accessible by multiple casting directors who are casting major film, television, and commercial projects. MyCastingFile.com.